Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night on the Ocho. Welcome to RJ Daniel. All right, buddy? <laughs> Welcome to RJ Daniels here in Rockville Center, here for a little pregame show for the New York Islanders versus the Nashville Predators. Want to thank you all for coming out to RJ Daniels and for tuning in live on twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Got a great show coming up for you. Arthur Staple of The Athletic will be joining us. My name is Pepper Brooks. With me as always is Cotton McKnight. Cotton! What's up, bro? What's going on, Pepper? <laughs> we doing, pal? We're good. How are you, Shawnee? I'm good, man. I'm good. Ready to rock here at RJ's. Looking forward to the game. It's been about half a year since the Islanders played a hockey game, so it's nice to get them back involved. Yeah, that feels like half a year. Right? It's been a long time. So, folks, I want to remind you all that we are happy to be presented by RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center, the best place to catch the Isles when you can't be at the game. Head on down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HDTVs, and in-game sound. We're also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, an official partner of the New York Islanders, and coming soon to the UBS Arena. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great offerings. And, of course, happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice-over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. So, Christian, since the last time we were here... Last time we were on the air, I should say. Yes. Uh, no Islander games, so nothing to speak <laughs> of as far as that goes. But there was some Islander news. Ross Johnson, he signed a four-year contract, right. 1.1 mil average annual salary. And Semya Varlamov is off the men. Curious to see if he gets to start tonight. What do you say, Cotton? Well, certainly two of the, the – I was going to say two of the biggest stories. Two of the only stories, really, this week. <laughs> right. Because there's been no games. There hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. Um, Ross Johnson's deal, obviously the Islanders see a value in him uh, to sign him this, this quickly and this early and kind of get that contract out of the way. And then, of course, Semyon Verlamov coming back. Potentially tonight or today, I should say, or Wednesday in Winnipeg or sometime in the future. We're not really sure when that's going to happen. We're not going to know until what? Five minutes before puck drop? Well, you'll, you'll get a sense once the teams are out for warm-up, so probably about a half hour from now, uh, just about when teams hit the ice in Nashville for the, for the warm-ups, you'll get an idea of who's going to be in net. Yes, I suppose you will. And also want to remind everybody here at RJ Daniels, we have, to f- have a 50-50 raffle going on, uh, some great prizes. Uh, we're going to announce them during the intermissions and over the course of the game. And at game's end, of course, and uh, we'll tell you all about that stuff. We got the 50 50, got plenty of money. We got some uh, Sean Connor over here. He's do- actually donated a couple of his prints here, some beautiful, beautiful portraits of Matt Barzell. We're going to be raffling those off as well. We got an autographed portrait of uh, Islanders uh, Dynasty era. We got some autographs from some of the greats from there. We got some bobbleheads. We got some great stuff going on. Hockey Night New York merch. We'll tell you all about it later on. So just want to let you guys know about that. And uh, also, all proceeds will be going to Companions in Courage to give courage, friendship, compassion, and support to those children and families who are overcoming illness and life-threatening obstacles. So, Christian. Yes. Let's get going here. Ross Johnson, let's talk about him first. 
I mean, I, I think at this point, there's not much to, to say about him. I and mean, we everyone knows what Ross Johnson's role is. I think Ross Johnston's very clear on what his role is. And I think the bigger point of this is, is Johnston, at least to me, is the Islanders' sort of security plan to, to keep the longevity of that fourth line going. He's the guy that they plug in to fill in when Matt Martin's out. It's the guy that they fill in to, uh, used to plug in when, when Cal Clutterbuck is out. Um, I mean, he knows his role. He's the physical fourth-line guy. He has a little bit of speed and um, some offensive skill that sometimes goes, goes unheralded when he's out there on the ice. And you've seen it in spurts that the preseason game against the New York Rangers comes to mind on that 2-1 rush with Cal Clutterbuck and, and the goal he scored there. You've seen it in other points when he's been in the been in game. So, I mean, everyone kind of knows what what Ross Johnson is. Um, you know, to get it done this early was certainly an interesting decision by Lou Lamorello uh, for for someone who who talks about having when you have time, you know, use yes. it. He he certainly loves to take advantage of, of signing guys that maybe don't necessarily need to be signed as quickly as they are. He's checking off a lot of boxes, but what do you make of? I mean, if you looked at social media, if you looked at Twitter, there were some fans that were up in arms about the length of the deal. I mean, what's the big deal? I mean, it's a variable contract. If you set him down to Bridgeport, if you wave him, it's completely off the cap. I mean, what, what's the problem here? It's kind of negligible. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's. It's a fine deal. Like it, it doesn't hurt anybody. It's something you can bury somewhat quickly. Again, I think, I think kind of what everyone was annoyed about probably is the fact that it was done so quickly and with such, <laughs> with such um, priority, it almost seemed like. And I think that kind of yeah. caught a lot of people off guard. It's not a bad deal. I mean, it's one that's going to be buried, uh, buried in Bridgeport easily. I mean, but Ross Johnson is also, what, 26? So he's going to make it through the next three, four years on that deal. He's not going to get over-exhausted. Over, over um, especially on a deal, maybe when you look at like a, a, Cal, a Cal Clutterbuck or a Matt Martin who signed, and then Casey Zekas even who signed longer deals, and those are deals you look at and you go, I, you know, I don't know if they're finishing out the the length of that contract. Clutterbuck obviously in the last on the last leg of his deal this year, which is an interesting prospect as well because. We don't really know if the Islanders plan on bringing Cal Clutterbuck back or not. Is Ross Johnson maybe the answer to fill that hole, fill that role, and 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 kind of give them some sort of out and, instead of having to sign a, a Cal Clutterbuck who's in his thirties now and is kind of on the down downside of, of where things are going to go, especially with the style of play that he ha- that he uses. Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Maybe this is kind of looking towards the future with Clutterbuck's contract coming up. I mean, everybody was a little surprised that Martin signed the long deal that he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have Sezikis obviously coming back for a while. But maybe, I don't know, is Cal Clutterbuck the guy who maybe comes off the identity line and that's where Ross Johnson comes in? Well, too, you look at Cal Clutterbuck and, and you look at sort of the injury history he's had over the last couple of years, right? I mean, he he's got cut by the skate and that, that had some... Uh, you know, created some time off for him. I mean, he's been injured a couple times over the last few years, and um, at this point, how much longer do they think he can go and be effective on that line? That You know, that line obviously has come alive again with the Islanders playing better now in the last four games, but certainly without Zekas or, um, excuse me, Matt Martin on that line early in the first two games, I mean, it was not as effective by any stretch of the imagination as it had been with him on it. So maybe Matt Martin is, is more and a more important piece, at least in the eyes of the New York Islanders and their, and their management, um, to have here long term, and, and Cal Clutterbuck maybe is someone that you know you don't necessarily need to have here, um, you know, or resign to a, a four, five, six year deal like they did, but with some of the other guys. Now, all that being said, watch Cal Clutterbuck's going to get a, a new contract tomorrow, and it'll be six years. I would, I would almost say the chances are higher that he yeah. stays than he goes because. I was surprised about the Martin contract. I mean, I said it all, all last year. This right. is the last year of the identity line. Get used to it. They're not going to be together after this. Well, here we and are. We're still exactly. playing so Lou, that guessing game. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if Cal comes back. Maybe Ross is just a little insurance. I mean, that no, remains that, to be that seen. That too. And I mean, it, it 
again, it gives them more longevity to that line, right? Like you can kind of extend the shelf life where if you know you can plug in Ross Johnston for X number of games during the next four years, sure. you know you can then keep maybe a, a, a Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin and Keith and, and Martin Martin, not Casey Zekas, because obviously I don't. <laughs> They play a little bit of a different role than, right. on that line. But um, you can use him as kind of that insurance policy to give games off for uh, Martin or Sezik, uh, Martin or Clutterbuck when they need it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we touched, touched on it a little bit when we started the show here, but Semi Varlamov is back and healthy. Last yeah. week we were just talking about the fact that Schneider was sent on waivers right, and he's right, back right. on the roster, but now we know he's 100%. We know that he's ready to he go. He thinks he's 100%. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Yes, yes. He thinks he's 100%, so he could get to go today, maybe later in the week. But, um, you know, we'll find out. Barry Trotz likes to play his mystery games kind of like yes. Lula Morello does. But are we still the going two with... Two peas in a pod. Are we still going with our gut from last week that Sorokin's going to get the start today? I mean, I, I, I'm going to stick to my guns and say, yeah, I think he does. Again, just kind of trying to read between the lines a little bit in the, the last week or so, I would still say the urgency isn't necessarily there to rush... Uh, Semyon Verlamov back into the net considering how well Sorokin's played especially over the last four games now Nashville may be a little bit of a different animal um, considering how, how you know the talent they have on that team as well um, and and compared the wins that the Islanders have come, have come the wins that against the teams that the Islanders have played over the last four games or so have you know teams aren't necessarily the top end of the of the league right now so it could be a little dip, bit of a different story. We'll see. I think that when you look at the way Sorokin's played, I mean, he's like, again, we talked about it last week. He's earned every right to be in net right. for as long as he, he can kind of sustain this, this run of, of success. Yeah, he was under 30 seconds away from having three shutouts yeah. in a week. So he I mean, kinda, you could basically say he had three shutouts. I mean, that, last, yeah. that one in Chicago kind of, I mean, it is what it is. But really, right. it, it, I mean, he had three shutouts. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I'm with you. It's not going to show up on the stat sheet. It's no. not going to show up, uh, you know, going forward. But we know that, uh, you know, what, 24 seconds left and that goal went in. So another guy I want to talk about who's made a little bit of news recently, mm-hmm. Josh Bailey, leading the team in points for one. <laughs> it's early, but he's leading right. the team in points. People like to put him down. But he also recently passed Bobby Nystrom all time for 10th overall. He's got 515. Maybe we could just touch on what that means. I mean, he's been with the team for so long. And to pass a legend like Bobby Nystrom on the all-time list to get to top ten, I mean, what does that say about Josh Bailey? Well, I mean, I mean, the Islanders, he has a, a special place in, in the Islanders organization at this point, right? He's the longest-tenured Islander on the team right now. He's been through, um, you know, everything, all of the ups and the downs that the organization has gone through over the last decade. Um, and, and you can say that with, with sincerity, too, because he was here during, you know, the Lighthouse years. He was here during the referendum years. He was here during the years where the Islanders were just awful uh, and not fun to watch. And then he kind of, they had, the Islanders had that resurgence, you know, in 2013. And he was part of that group. And then the, the downslide. So he's been through just about everything you can envision over the last decade with the New York Islanders. And as much as Islander fans kind of love to, you know, they have a very love-hate relationship with Josh Bailey and... and understandably so at times and other times it's like, improved right. a bit over yeah. time <laughs> but it's still there there's still kind of this this he remarkable always, yeah. dislike of josh bailey which is which has always been fascinating and part of that again has to do with where he was drafted and whether that's fair to him or not is, is an entirely different conversation but um you know where he was drafted and what the islanders did to move move back to get him and all that it, it certainly has kind of led the narrative at least in those early years of where josh bailey should be but i, I think he's come a long way he's really developed into a player that as much as people don't like to give him credit sometimes, um, you know, he's a guy that, that's talented and, and has been talked about with such 
um, you know, glowing remarks from teammates, whether yes. it was John Tavares when he was here, whether it was um, Barzal, whether it was, you know, other guys that have played alongside of him. Josh Bailey is a, is a tremendous playmaker um, and has, has a, a very good sense and, and the hockey IQ and, and vision on the ice. And, um, you know, that doesn't go get recognized sometimes. And obviously some more of the negative stuff definitely gets talked about at, at certain points when things aren't going great for the Islanders. But certainly Josh Bailey... Um, as the guy who's been tried and true and loyal to the New York Islanders, certainly has, uh, you know, I think as, as his career goes on, I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think he's a guy that's probably going to pass a couple more Islander legends on, on, you know, numbers of games played as an Islander and right. these things as, as the seasons go on. No, it's a good point, Cotton. But, <laughs> but, but also, I think the biggest point you make there is that his teammates have always had glowing things right. to say about him. I mean, Matt Barzell, I think, recently was saying he's, you know, he's the smartest guy on the ice. You know, high hockey IQ. He's always looking a couple of steps ahead. And he just that's the game that he brings. Maybe he's not always putting points on the board. Maybe he misses a back check here and there. <laughs> Maybe he loses a battle on the boards, which usually gets the ire of Islander fans. Right, right, of course. But at the end of the day, he's been a very, very solid contributor to yeah. this team. And uh, good, good on him for getting tenth overall and passing Bobby Nystrom. Yeah, no, I mean it. It's, it was gonna come at some point, and, and like I said, I think this is a, this is a guy that's gonna be an Islander for a long, long time still. And we're gonna see him probably pass a, a few more milestones that were held by Islander legends whose numbers are up in the rafters. No question about it. So first and foremost, I want to thank everybody for coming down to RJ Daniels to hang out with us. Gonna be watching Islanders versus Predators at 1:30. Puck Drop is coming soon. And, of course, thanks to everybody tuning in live at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Arthur Staple of The Athletic will join us. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. R.J. Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum thai technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com that's thai t-i-e technology.com thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service
Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Oh, welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. Live on twitch.tv slash hockey night. And why live from RJ Daniels ahead of today's Islanders Nashville Predators afternoon matchup. Of course, it's on the line. Brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology. And on the line with us is Arthur Stable from The Athletic. Arthur, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's good to be here, guys. Thanks a lot. Of course. Arthur, I think the big question to start off with is what, who will be in net, I should say, for the New York Islanders come <laughs> 1.30 when the puck drops? Uh, that is a good question. I guess we'll find out in about 15 minutes. Uh, my guess would be it's still going to be Ilya Sorokin, just based on what Barry Trotz was saying about you know, how Varlamov, whenever he starts, he's going to be rusty, so it's not really going to make a difference whether it's this weekend or next week. I think they want to go with the goalie that's that's been hot, been playing a lot, and I th- with this long break between games, so I think it's going to be Sorokin. Could be wrong, but we'll see. <laughs> Arthur, when you look at the deployment of the Islanders goaltenders, obviously they've relied so heavily on using both goaltenders of the course of the season under Barry Trotz, and um, you know last year it, it was Varlamov who got a lot of the starts and was kind of the anchor through much of the season but now with the success that that Sorokin has had over these first six games and especially the last four um you know how much do you think the timeline or the 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 plan has changed uh for Barry Trotz and the coaching staff of how they're going to deploy uh Sorokin and Varlamov and and who's going to get going to get the majority of the starts over the next uh over this season you know I think the numbers probably will change just because Sorokin was the guy and Varlamov was out but I think the attitude doesn't change just because they know that they have two good goalies. Um, they know that Sorokin has already shown in the playoffs last year that he can step in when needed. And if he needs to take over for a little while because he's playing well or Barlamov isn't or Barlamov is hurt like the beginning of the season, they got no concerns. So I don't think you're going to see maybe the, the starting totals that you would have expected at the beginning of the year. But I don't think the attitude is going to change. It's going to be we've got two good goalies. We play well in front of both of them, and it doesn't matter who's in there. Right on, Arthur. And just to talk about the Islanders overall for a second, they obviously started slow out of the gate. Uh, They started bagging some points here more recently. They're looking a little more like themselves, but what sort of kinks do they still have to work out to really settle in and, and, and really start becoming that team that everybody has high expectations for this year? I think it's about, it's mostly about giving up chances and, and, and high danger chances and in front of their own net. That's not something that they're used to doing. Um, even, even when they weren't quite as successful as they've been, as they've become in 2018, 19, the way that they prevented a lot of the goals was by keeping people from away from the front of the net, keeping everything to the outside. And I think so far, even in some of the games that they've won, they just haven't done that as regularly as they've done before. And part of that I'm sure is, the addition of Zidane Chara, who's had a bit of a rough adjustment, but uh, but I think just in general, their their play in their own end isn't as isn't as tight as you expect it to be, and that's something that's obviously fixable because they've done it before with pretty much the same personnel. So we'll see if they can get it sorted out when they play a little bit of a tougher team. Nashville is not off to the best start, but I think next week when they get into playing Winnipeg, Minnesota, and then the Florida teams again, uh, those will be the big tests to see if they've they've really tightened up well enough in front of their own. And it's, that's not just about the defensemen. It's about everybody that's on the ice. Yeah, no question about it, Arthur. And speaking of the defense, they, they started toying around with the pairings a little bit. 
uh, splitting up Pelican and Pollock. Do you think that's the best thing for the D to maybe spread out the, the top-end talent there to maybe make up for what's, what we've been seeing out of Sajano Chara and whatnot? Do you think that's the best way to go, or, or ultimately do you think Pelican and Pollock should be paired back together? You know, I think it's a temporary fix. Uh, obviously, the hope is they've, they've invested a lot in Zidane Char, not a lot of money, but but the, that spot isn't really going to be filled if he can't do it. They don't really seem to have a lot of faith in Sebastian Ajo or Thomas Hickey. Samuel Bolduc kind of, you know, was injured all through camp. Robin Sallow looked great, but I'm not sure that they're going to drop him right in there after just a few AHL games. So Char is the guy. And to make it work, I think right now, he needs to be playing with Pollock. Um, I don't think Pellick and Mayfield is really a true top pair the way that they would want Pellick and Pollock to be. So I imagine that if Chara can turn it around, they'll go back to the pairs that they started the season with. But, uh, but that's a change back that remains to be seen. They need to see more, I think, from Chara, a little more consistency before they do that. Talking with Arthur Staple here on the line, brought to you by Thai Technology. And Arthur, the the hesitation to to, to utilize Sebastian Ajo in those first six games, uh, especially on that back-to-back, seemed to be a bit puzzling considering the way that Chara had played and even sort of, you know, Barry Trotz alluded to the fact that he had been struggling. But what do you make of their, the hesitancy to get Ajo in any of those first six games? And, and do you see him getting some more time as, as the season goes on? I don't, to be honest. You know, I think the way that we saw Barry Trotz deploy his defense last year, and obviously a different schedule, shorter schedule, but they were so healthy on D, he didn't really feel compelled to make a change and didn't really want to make a change voluntarily, whether it was Ajo or Hickey, um, and really only did it when he was forced to, when Noah Dobson was out with COVID for eight games or so. So I think that just speaks to the level of, of confidence he has in either of those two guys and their ability to handle regular minutes. Um, you know, I think they would prefer to have Chara in there because even when Chara is struggling, I think they feel like he's better in his own end, even if he's not as mobile as obviously he used to be. So I think, you know, the, not that the writing's on the wall for Sebastian Ajo, but uh, because they do value him, they, don't, they clearly don't think he would pass through waivers to go back to the minors if they wanted to make a change. But... Uh, you know, just the way that they've used him since Lula Merlo and Trotz came in, basically he's been up pretty much the majority of the time and not played at all. Um, it does seem to be a consistent view that they don't see him as a regular defenseman in this, in this core. So uh, I think it's going to stay the same until they can, if they need to figure out a solution, I don't know if by the time they need somebody, whether they feel more confident in Robin Sallow coming up, or whether by then, whether it's the middle of the year or closer to the trade deadline, they'd want to start exploring a trade for some depth help on the left side. Um, but I don't think Sebastian Ajo is going to get a lot of time unless there's an emergency. Yeah, for sure, Arthur. And let's just focus on the turnover to the forward group for a little bit here. Is there anybody that's been standing out for you in the forward group? Uh, Christian and I were just actually just talking about Josh Bailey leading the team in points right now, uh, maybe how he's looked. Or just who's, who's kind of leading the charge right now in the early going for the Islanders? You know, I think they're two of their best forwards just in terms of guys that have worked well together are uh, Zach Parise and Oliver Wallstrom for me. I know Parise is kind of a game time decision because he's had some, his back locked up this week when they were off the ice. But those two guys have, have, uh, have been a good bookend, whether they're playing with, with JG Pajot, they played a little bit with Matthew Barzell. Um, those guys, you know, seem to complement each other. Well, you know, they're Parise really, I think has shown that, uh, he's still a guy who can dig for pucks and, and do the, a lot of the dirty work on the line. He's not necessarily going to be a prolific scorer like he used to be. 
but it doesn't need to be if he's playing out there with Oliver Wallstrom, who really, after a very tough camp and a tough first couple of games, has seemed to kind of the, the lights seem to go go off for him, and and he's really finding a lot of pucks. He's finding some shooting lanes. Um, so I think those two guys, and obviously with a, with a healthy Pajot, he missed that last the game one of the games last week with the stomach bug that was going around. But I think having that third line be as secure as it's been in years is really a huge boost to the forward group. Um, you know, when you have a third line that can that can contribute offensively, you don't need to just throw out there in kind of quick burst situations or it's kind of a hodgepodge that's been thrown together. Um, it makes their four line mentality a lot stronger and it covers up for some deficiencies in the top two lines if one of those lines isn't going very well. Arthur, speaking of things that don't seem to be going well, at least in the start of the season, the Islanders' power play has certainly kind of had its ups and downs, and I feel like we have the same conversation every year about about the power play and, and sort of the, the lack of success it has. Is there any rhyme or reason to why, after after so long, this seems to be a, a continuing trend, um, why they seem to not be able to get it together year after year? That is a, an incredible question, <laughs> I, and I, I think it's still, you know, I've wrote, written about it a lot over the last couple of years, and, the, you know, the, they've overcome a lot of situations uh, in the wake of John Tavares leaving, mm-hmm. in, immediately after John Tavares leaving, but the one area they ne- really weren't able to, to be consistent in still with him gone is the power play, and I think that speaks to the kind of player he was on the power play, who's a guy who found ways to get open, was always aiming downhill, whether he was shooting pucks or just trying to create some havoc in front of the net. And now, really, he's you know he's been replaced at the top of the power play pecking order by Matthew Barzell, who's not, not instinctively that kind of player. And I think that sort of, to my mind, affects the way that they run their power play unit, that the one that is usually out there the most, that they there's a lot of circling, there's a lot of moving away from the net as opposed to moving towards the net. It feels like we, you know, we ask Barry Trotz or, or this topic comes up 10 or 12 times a season where he keeps reminding us that they need to be moving downhill and going towards the net. And they do it for a little bit and then they kind of get away from it again. But that's because that's just the style that Matthew Barzell plays. So if there's a way to fix that, uh, you know, they'd, li- they'd love to find it, I'm sure. They, they do have Oliver Wallstrom in one of the units right now. I don't think he's going to start today on the unit with, with Barzell. But, uh, you know, maybe if they have a guy who's just firing pucks in the net the way that Tavares used to, and that produces some results, it'll be more of an example of what they need to do. But until that point, I think it's just going to struggle. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you may be right, Arthur. I guess, I guess we'll see how the season goes. Maybe they'll improve over time. But another thing that Christian and I were talking about before you came on, uh, centered on Josh Bailey, was he recently just passed Bobby Nyshen for 10th overall in all-time points. Longest tenured Islander. You've seen him a lot over the years. What's the first thing you think of when you think of Josh Bailey's game? Low-key, I think, is the phrase that I like to use. <laughs> you know, he's a guy who um, subtlety is such a big part of his game and thinking the game is such a big part of his game. I think, the, I think where Barry Trotz has tried to have the biggest impact with him is in trying not to be, you know, you'd call it too cute, I think, but I think for Bailey, it's really just the way that he plays. You know, you look at the, the goal he set up, for the 2-0 lead in, in Vegas, the play that he made, you know, a good stick to get the puck off a Vegas defenseman and then sliding the puck behind him along the board, shielding the puck with his body so that Barzal can pick it up in stride. Not a lot of guys on this team can make that play. And it's another play, it's kind of play where you got to watch it a couple times to see how good it is. Um, and, you know, Bailey is really, he's kind of like a player's player. The, 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 his teammates 
and opposing players, I think, appreciate him a lot more than fans do because they know how difficult some of those plays are to make. And when they don't work, it looks like he's not trying. So um, you, you can be rest assured that he's always going to be a lightning rod because that's just the style he plays. And I think he just kind of keeps going. It's his attitude of not really worrying about too much, uh, not getting too high or too low, not getting too emotional. Uh, I've talked to him over the years about the social media stuff. It, it extends to that. His, fa- his family definitely does not feel the same way, and I've talked to them about it too. That uh, they, his, I think his wife, he made it, and his parents, sometimes they have to put the phones down to make sure that they don't respond to anything that they see online. But, um, but he, is, uh, he is as even keel as they get, and I think that's how you have a lot of longevity and how you can get past uh, the beginning of the career that he had with some of the ups and downs and be the kind of consistent player that he is now. So, Arthur, we, we have the live chat here on Twitch, and uh, we got a comment from one of our listeners. Trottier19 said, listen to Arthur on an NYR podcast. He was good, but I needed a shower after the NYR, <laughs> NYR homer. So, so you, you're covering both teams now for the Athletic, which is fantastic. Uh, you did such a, you've been doing such a great job for the Islanders, and we know you're going to have great coverage for the Rangers as well. I know people are kind of squirming in here as I say that, but... How, you know, what's that like now? What's that, that dynamic going to be for you now, covering both teams for the Athletic, and how are you going to manage the fans and all that? It's going to be a little different for you. <laughs> I've learned that you can't manage the fans. So uh, <laughs> I, just, I just let them all say what they're going to say. Some are going to vent. Some are going to be okay with it. Some aren't going to be okay with it. And that's, you guys are the ones that pay all our salaries, so I got no problem with any of it. But, uh, you know, I think... I think for me, for the for the subscribers for the athletic, uh, you know, once once we get this situation, you know, fully resolved, um, I think they're going to be really happy with the coverage. Whether you're an Islander fan or a Ranger fan, it's going to be better coverage than we had before. Um, maybe a little bit more comprehensive. So I think uh, if you bear with us, it's going to turn out to be a good thing. And as far as my my role, you know, um, I've covered the Islanders for. 12 years now and uh it's been quite a ride considering where they were when i started covering them to where they are now um and it's a little bit different obviously with the pandemic and with the lula Morello run team to cover them so you know i think uh sometimes a little change is good um when my when my bosses came to me and and said this is what we think we want you to do it's certainly a situation where your boss tells you to do something you're going to do it and (laughs) you try to embrace it um so I knew it was going to be a little bit of a difficult transition that, that fans don't always get along and they don't want to read about the opposing team in any way, whether it's in a tweet or in a story. So I have to make sure I'm mindful of that, that uh, to keep everybody straight. But, you know, we have our Islanders podcast still and uh, we have our Islanders coverage still. And I'm working in some Ranger stuff. I'm going to be on the road with the Rangers next week. I hope Islander fans aren't too mad about that. But <laughs> like I said, in, in pretty short order here, I think we're going to we're going to have a, a situation that that fans of both teams are going to be really excited about talking with arthur staple from the athletic arthur I, I can't believe it's been 12 years you when you started covering the islanders i was in nursery school and now what high school <laughs> exactly now? exactly so, it's been a while but and he still hasn't graduated yet <laughs> but uh obviously you know the drill arthur we'll, we'll let you go after this last question of course we always ask our guests a random question and of course tomorrow is halloween so we want to make it a little bit of fun here and a little bit of a yeah. halloween theme one and yeah. and arthur i think for the question this week, what was your favorite costume to wear growing up as a kid or even as an adult? I know you have some kids at home and you still are out trick-or-treating. Uh, yeah, I've given up on the dressing up. I just like the chap- I'm just more in the chaperone mode now. But, um, 
You know, as a kid, it's funny. I grew up in New York City uh, in the in the 1980s. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the biggest deal to dress up. You always had to go out in a big pack. So um, I'm trying to remember back what it would be. Probably probably one of the superheroes, Batman, Spider-Man, Superman. Those were kind of the standard costumes for us. We really were more in it for knocking on as many doors as possible. So, <laughs> um, But it was, uh, you know, I think when you, growing up when and where I did, uh, I have more of a more of a, uh, a cynical view of Halloween. I try to be a little <laughs> bit more aware rather than enjoying it like the way my kids do now that we live in the, in the quiet suburbs. So uh, I'm happy that they get to enjoy it. Finally, I've got two girls that have basically never been trick or treating before, so <laughs> we're gonna enjoy, we're gonna enjoy it this weekend finally to get back out there, and uh, uh, that'll be fun. Well, that's great to hear. Enjoy it, Arthur, and yes. obviously we're cool with how you feel about Halloween as long as you don't <laughs> like candy corn. That's a it's a big pass yes. from us. So as long as you don't <laughs> like candy corn, we're good. Uh, Arthur, always appreciate your time when you come on with us. Look forward to reading more of your coverage in the Athletic, covering both the Islanders and the Rangers, and, and you always do a great job on the No Sleep Till Belmont podcast. We can't endorse that enough as well after listening to Hockey Night in right, New York, of course. of course. Arthur, thank you so much for your time as always. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Arthur. Take Arthur care. Staple from The Athletic. Great, as always, to take some time as before always. the Islanders. I'm being nice. Uh, no, yeah, I was taking yeah, it serious. Yeah. Well, you said all oh, as always. Put like, the shield it, down, bro. You said it, it with such, right. a, such a quick as always. Like, like I never <laughs> heard anything I nice. was agreeing with you. All right. Well, I was agreeing with you. The Islanders are about to play in just about uh, a little less than 30 minutes now. That's and, right. Uh, they are about they to play. They are on the ice. for warm. Well, I'm looking at the TV. They have yes. the Islanders game on there, and they were showing a shot of, of Varley warming up. I'm not sure if he led the team onto the ice or not. Uh, but obvi- again, the big question going into this game is who is starting in net for the New York Islanders? Yes, that is the question to get this All right, game I'm looking going. at Twitter. Ilya, I see, I see Ilya Sorokin did lead the Islanders ah, onto the ice for warm-up, so I'd imagine it's most Barry likely. Trotz, well, I mean, usually. nothing. Well, I, I disagree. Usually nine, nine times out of ten, the goaltender that leads the, the team out onto the ice is the one that gets the start. Uh, even under Barry Trotz. So well, I would imagine Ilya Sorokin's getting his, his seventh, uh, seventh consecutive start of the season. I think you're right, and T Boyle 13 seems to think so as well. Very definitively, yeah. he said Sorokin is starting. Yes, well, he probably has so. the he has the, <laughs> the audio show on, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. and the audio on, which right. may, makes, may make that easier to That's decipher what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. But. Probably a bit more helpful. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you what I asked Arthur about the sure. defensive pairings. Do you think Pollock and Pellick should be together, or do you think we should stay with the splits here? I think you keep them split up for now, but it's not a uh, it's not a a long term solution. It's a, it's sort of a band aid to a, a sort of a bigger problem. And and I agree with Arthur in a sense that the Islanders seem very hesitant to deploy Sebastian Aho, which I think is kind of unfortunate, not only for the fact that that Chara has not maybe lived up to what the Islanders need him to live up to, but also the the fact that Sebastian Aho is a pretty good defenseman that you know could possibly be successful at the NHL level and he just can't, can't seem to get the break and, and get in the lineup and be there consistently. He's gotten chances, obviously, here and there. You know, you know, Noah Dobson last year having to miss games because of COVID and um, you know, injuries have, have allowed him small bursts of opportunity to get into the lineup, but he's never stuck, and I, I think that's yeah. kind of unfortunate. In, in the current situation that the Islanders are in right now, I don't know if, if keeping him on the on the sideline is maybe the best move, especially with the way Chara has played. I understand that Chara is, you know, a future Hall of Famer, and uh, you know he comes in with such a high pedigree. But right now, through the first six games with the Islanders, it's not been it's not been great. Um, and the fact that Barry Trotz had to split up his his top defensive pairing to to kind of mitigate uh, the problem is, 
I think, a bigger problem that needs to be addressed. I think we're just trying to gauge whether or not it's just the fact that he's 44 or the fact that, like many Islanders that have come over here recently that we've talked about, right. maybe he just still needs time to acclimate himself. And maybe he can still find his footing within this group maybe. of six yeah. where he can still be a serviceable defenseman. He can use his big body, the long reach. You know, he's still got a shot. And, and maybe he can stabilize himself back there where, at the very least, he's not a liability. And I right. think that's what the biggest issue right now is, is that he's had some glaring moments where you say, hey, Chara probably should have had that man, probably should have mm-hmm. been here, probably should have been there. So maybe that's something he can, he can weed out over time. I mean, this is a defensive group that has not changed a lot. No, it's, it's only years. changed, you know, really one player. Devontae's yeah. out, Noah Dobson in, but the core of it's always been there. So mm-hmm. they, they're used to this system. They've been playing it for a long time. Dobson's been with the team, even if he wasn't getting into games in previous seasons. Right. He was learning the system. This is all brand new for Char, just like it was brand new for Pajot on the forward end, for Paul Mary. And actually, uh, Parise's actually been a pretty quick study so far. He's not putting <laughs> points up, but he's, 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 he's looked he's good. He's pretty well, yeah. But maybe this is just something that's going to take time for Char, but... We know that Lou Lamarillo has the pulse. He's going to take a look. And if he, if he feels like he needs to make a move, he will. Yeah, I mean, I think one's coming. I, I know Dave Pagnota talked about yeah. it last week when we had him on about the Islanders probably making a move, uh, but closer to the deadline than, than right now. And I, yeah. I think that's kind of the plan right now. They're going to use this sort of um, solution that they've found in, in kind of splitting up Pulak and Pelik and, and kind of using them as a stopgap for the time being. And then when the time is right and there's, there's a deal to be made, um, you know, then that's when I think that, uh, that, you know, they'll strike when the iron is hot. Yeah, for sure. And also live updates from the chat here. Zach Parisi is playing today. He is in the right. lineup. Thanks, Trottier19. This is a wonderful resource we have yes. here when we can't hear what's going on up on the television. Yes, no, it's definitely helpful because <laughs> it, it looks bad when I'm just staring at my phone trying to be like, so uh, what's yeah, going on? it does. It what's does look terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, no, it looks like Parisi, very disinterested. Parisi is, uh, is in the line rushes with the third line, according to Andrew Gross. So, Cotton, we, we don't have the luxury of just extending the show as long as we, as long as we want because we got a game at one thirty. so let's get our segments in here. It's time. And now, it's time for What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for what's on tap. So, Christian, I see you scrambling there to get the schedule up, so we'll give you a little bit of time here. Thought you There's might no have been prepared. Scramble. I mean, I can see that you're scrambling on the inside. Nah, scrambling. <laughs> but Islanders, I mean, what's on tap? Obviously, the Islanders are playing the National Predators in about uh, yes, 20 minutes. So that is immediately on tap. That is what's, what's going on, on later on? I know we got the Canadians on Thursday, right? No, I'm pulling up the schedule. So yeah, you're yeah I know. Yeah, well, obviously, your laptop is, is in need of an upgrade. Slow, it's awful. Yeah. yeah. I would love to get a new laptop. All right. I would love to get So I'll help laptop. you out here. No, Thir- but the Islanders played the... they got the Canadians. Montreal Canadiens. Saturday, and they, they got the Winnipeg Winnip- Jets. And then yes. Sunday, they have the Minnesota Wild as we slowly wrap up this uh, stretch of games on the road and get closer to the, the home opener at, at UBS Arena on the 20th. But, uh, three, you know, three... In- Again, tough games on the road that are coming up with Winnipeg, Montreal, and, and uh, Minnesota. And no, we will also have a live show for the Minnesota game before that as well. Yes, something very special on tap for Sunday. So that's an 8 o'clock puck drop on Sunday against the Minnesota Wild. We'll be going live at 6 o'clock, and we can't wait because our guest will be Islander legend Bobby Nystrom. He's going to be joining us on the That'll show next Sunday, so that's going to be a great time. Can't wait to have him on. Really looking forward to talking to Bob. And uh, yeah, can't Bob, wait. we're just casual Mr. with Mr. Nystrom? Bob. Bob. I mean, Bob, I feel know. like Bobby's more casual than Bob. But that's his name, Bobby. Actually, his name is Thor. 
His name is Thor Cotton. Well, in any event, it's going to be a great show and a lot to talk about. Finally, with with um, with three games over the course of the week coming up, and and a lot of a lot of points on the line for the Islanders, and, and they'll kind of close out this stretch of where they only have two games over the course of ten days, um, which is kind of a rarity, especially in this season. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Islanders had a couple days off here in between this game uh, in Na- Nashville today and last Sunday in, in Vegas, and then they'll have. Five more days in between until their next game against Montreal on Thursday. Yeah, which um, means so there'll be there'll be plenty they'll be rested up. That's for sure. Right. But as we talked about last week, is is how does the momentum get impacted by this these elongated breaks that the Islanders have had over the last uh, you know over this ten day stretch where they're they're going five days without without games really. Well, they wanted to open up a new arena. God. So oh. this is what they have to deal I think with. They originally, stack thirteen the, road games in the originally beginning. Originally, they planned to open the arena on time, but then there was the whole pandemic. There was and, a you know that some external kind of factors that that right. kind of seeped into right. what was going on. Right. Well, look, Winnipeg's going to be tough. Minnesota's going to be tough. Montreal's struggling. They do not yeah. look like Montreal st- will not be. Well, I not, say that will not be tough. But. Look, you play in the Montreal. Well, it's not called the Montreal Forum anymore. Wow. <laughs> but um, Bell, Bell Center, Center? Yeah. Centre Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, you play in Montreal. My point. It's always a tough out, regardless of how good the team may be performing through the season. But as always, it's a it's a stretch of games where it's a. a I mean, I feel like we're going to say this a lot over the. We've been saying it a lot over this road trip too. Yes. It's the first time the Islanders have played this team in the city since in, in you know X, Y, and Z date. Yeah, um, we're going to be saying that. Over. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with these teams coming up. They didn't face Montreal last year. They did, or you know they didn't face Winnipeg last year. They didn't face Minnesota last year. Um, and they didn't, this is the first time I think they're playing Nashville since like February of 2020 or something like that. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been a while. It has been a while for a lot of these games. But that was What's On Tap, brought to you by RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill. All right, so we just learned live on the air that Zach Parise is going to be in. That was one of our talking points Great. today. He was dinged up. We were curious if he was going to get into the lineup. So that probably means that Kiefer Bellows will be wearing a suit. He'll be up in the press box, and Parise slots in. So it looks like we got a pretty healthy lineup yeah. coming in. Pretty much all guns on, even yes. with Varlamov on the bench, apparently. Right, but well, you have uh, you know him back as the, as the backup. You don't have to worry about if, you know something happened to, to Ilya Sorokin that that Corey Schneider's the one coming in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you feel a little more secure. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit more security, and, and you have to appreciate the sense of of, of calmness and, and confidence that that Semyon Varlamov had, you know, during his media availability the other day when he was talking about being 100 percent ready and, and good to play this weekend if the Islanders needed it. So um, just just by that sense too, it, it was sort of a, a reassuring fe- feeling as well when you're looking at. How ready is he going to actually be, right? Because there's always that that tendency for, for always that thought, at least when it comes to athletes just wanting to get back into the game, get back into the game, get back into the game. Well, he certainly seemed, especially with all the time the Islanders had off and all the time that he had to, to rest up, um, you know, he certainly seemed confident in his his saying that that he's ready to go. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So speaking of that new arena, I've never heard of it. Islanders are currently finishing right now ubs arena i had the opportunity to go you did i saw yes earlier in the week got a little tour in and um let me tell you place is going to be amazing 
It uh, it's it's coming along. I mean, now did not, you get? Because I know you you have seats this year. So did you get yes. to look at your seats? I did get to. Did you get to look, sit in them? I got to look at my okay. seats, but I didn't get to physically sit in them, and that wouldn't have been too pleasing anyway, because there is dust all over the seats. Oh, really? yes, from all the work and construction going on in there. So they're gonna have to bring a cleaning crew in there and just vacuum everything in there because. <laughs> You, you would have had stuff all over your back, all over your butt. Right, no good, right, no good. Right. But yes, did get to see the seats. Good view? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be amazing, folks. It's it's something else. It's going to take a long time, I think, just to even settle in, walking into that place and being like, this is the Islanders' home. This is where they play now. Right. Like, after all this waiting and all the BS that's gone on over the years, the politics and the, you know, the lighthouse and the referendum and all that, to, to see it finally come to a close you know, in less than a month, it's just unreal, and and to be able to get an almost finished look at what that building's going to be, I mean, they they spared no expense, all the amenities. I mean, it's going to have all the bells and whistles, big screens everywhere. They're going to have mobile ordering from your seats and stuff like that. You can just grab and go. Everything looks great. They have like eight thousand bathrooms. <laughs> yes, <laughs> by got, comparison to the Coliseum, I got one of those tours too. And yes, they made sure to point out at every chance they could get that there is about eight million bathrooms. Yes, eight bars, and they're all going to have a view of the ice, so you can yeah. just hang out at the bar and watch what's going on at the game, which is really cool. And uh, they got the wide concourses. How's it going there, bud? Great mask. All love right, it, there we it. go. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> so it's going to be great, man. The scoreboard is massive. It goes basically from blue line to blue line. It's gigantic. Yeah, no, I was there in June for a tour when they were installed. They just installed the scoreboard, and yeah. I think we were one of the first groups to see it um, as they were, they were pulling it up, I guess, to the, to the rafter. So it, was, it looked pretty big. So I can only imagine how it looks with the ice down. And the banners are up there. I know that. And the seats are basically in at this point. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it seems like they're going to meet their target date of, of getting the building ready for that, that November 19th concert or charity event or whatever they're hosting the night before. And then, yes. uh, and then the Islanders' home opener the 20th, which is, which is uh, I'm sure, going to be a very special moment for, for Islander fans and yes. for anybody that's, that's going to be there in person to witness it. Yeah, and I guess one of the bigger differences I noticed, and I mentioned this on Twitter, mm-hmm. was that there's actually a decent amount of space between the back row and the upper bowl and the ceiling. But even though the roof is still low, right. like I still think it's going to have those great acoustics with basically the crowd noise bouncing off of that right, ceiling right. And, and creating that you know great live atmosphere. But you don't have this, the, the roof literally coming down in front of you <laughs> where you can't see the scoreboard, right, right. the obstructed views from the Coliseum and whatnot, and you're not going to have that issue with Barclays. Like, if you ever sat up in the, up in the what, the 300s, whatever they were, in Barclays, I mean, that slope was just... Right, yeah. It was, uh, it was dangerous. Dangerous. I'm surprised there weren't more reports of people getting hurt falling down those stairs. You, know, you have a, a couple of drinks, there you get into the third yeah. period, and you're just tumbling down there. It was, it was steep. But no, the, it, it slopes more back yeah. than it does high. Which is great too. So I, I, they thought of everything. The sight lines are going to be great, and uh, I just can't wait to get in there. Yeah, I think again it's going to be awesome, uh, and uh, I think it's going to be. I was, looking, good, I was looking at the chat and trying, trying to see if there were any questions or if there were any uh, remarks about your trip to UBS. Arena. Are there lasers that zap unruly NYR fans? I don't think that's going to be part of the legally. The I don't program. think they're allowed. To yeah, do I that. don't think that's going to be a lawsuit good. waiting to happen. Yeah, that's assault. So that that can't happen. But you know, it's but a nice thought. I, I guess. think that it will be a, a great thing. I know I had heard from chatter on, online people chatter. say saying that they uh, they thought perhaps that when the building opens on the 20th it'll open but there'll be certain amenities that still won't be finished that wouldn't that surprise a, me 
Okay. I, I will say... Did, well, I was going to say, did they mention anything to it? Well, certainly not. What I can tell you guys, though, is is that the parking garage that they're currently building, yeah. that will not be finished until March. Oh, okay. That's That was publicly told yeah, at yeah, the yeah. event. I'm not you know revealing any secrets or anything like that. March is when that parking garage will be done, so it looks like they're going to have to get a little creative with the lots that they have mm-hmm. and whatnot. We'll see how that is. I don't know how much they were going to have to rely on that parking garage, so it might be a little we'll see. iffy for the first couple of months. We'll see. Uh, obviously, only one way is going to be ready on the new train station yes, in Elmont. Yeah. So the commute might be interesting. Parking might be interesting. We'll see how the cross, the cross island handles everything. But look, even if it's the first few months where it's, it's not ideal... Once everything's done, it's going to be a great place to go. It's going to be it's going to be a great great time. Yeah. And just to finish the thought on whether or not the place is going to be done, I mean, walking through the concourse, still a lot of stuff around that that's not where it's supposed to be. As long as Blue Line <laughs> Deli, the Blue Line <laughs> Deli stand is is good to go. Come November twentieth, I think everything else will be fine. It's going to be fine, and it's going to be great. So speaking of Blue Line Deli, what do you say we take a short little break? It's like I planned, and then we'll do the Hero of the Week. All right. So, folks, here at RJ Daniels, I want to thank you guys for coming down. You guys ready for Islander Hockey today or what? Yes. Yes, they are. Love to hear it. It's going to be 8 nothing Isles. So, also want to thank all you guys watching on twitch.tv slash hockey night. And why we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. The only thing better than a great Long Island deli is a great Long Island deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-944. 3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it is time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which, as it turns out, is the hockey night in New York with grilled chicken, buffalo sauce, mozzarella cheese, and avocado in a wrap. Get it for half price all week, starting tomorrow through the rest of the week, where we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop in and mention Hockey Night in New York for half-off the hockey night in New York. So, Christian, without further ado, why don't you let us know who your hero is after zero games this week for the New York Islanders? <laughs> yeah, good luck. Is my hero Michael Bryan? I mean, RJ he's my hero right now. I mean, it's not going to show on the program, but ladies and gentlemen, White Goodman of the Globo Gym Purple Cobras has arrived. Yes, uh, if you remember, he lost in the finals to the average Joes in an overtime sudden death defeat. It was, uh, it was a tough... Tough, uh, tough spot for you, man. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. But make I guess you he's not my. He's not my hero. No, he's not. Not who not is on my screen. hero of the week? We're gonna press the button here. Remember we talked about it, man. No, no, I knew who. It was. <laughs> I wanted you to just hit the button. It would send me in for a long while because <laughs> Tell hey, us why. he's back. 
and he's 100%, and there were no games this week. And <laughs> he recovered really good. He recovered, recovered really well out yeah. of him. Yeah. No, he did a great... Cotton, great move there. Great stuff. <laughs> great stuff, Cotton. Yeah, Slim Pickens here without games, and my hero is going to be... Ross the Boss. New contract. Yeah, new contract. Nice. Four more years. I'm a fan. He doesn't get on the ice a lot, but when he does, things seem to happen. And look, he, he helps to police the ice a little bit, and even though that part of the game is slowly slipping away, uh, nice to have that presence, and seems like he's a really good locker room guy. The Islanders obviously value him a lot, and as we talked about before, he might be able to step into that fourth line exactly. if and when that's needed. So It's funny how you gave yourself the, 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 the pick with the better talking points. I mean, Christian, if you had just been a little more enthusiastic about it, you could have picked him as well, or you could have jumped on him first, but you were a little lackadaisical about it, Cotton. It's a bold move. Let's <laughs> there see if go. it pays off for There you. we go. There yeah, we, we go. weren't going to end the show without saying that. Very nice, very nice. No, I think they're both both fine choices and, uh, and great, great <laughs> Both job. fine choices. There you have say, it, We folks. had to really dig deep for those, those Ross two Johnson, Semyon Varlamo. Uh-oh, no sound. Hold on. Yeah, button for the Twitch people. Sorry ah. about that. Sorry about Ready that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my fault. It's my fault. So, so there you, you go. You are the, the keeper of the buttons. I am. I am. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of buttons to press. You lose track sometimes. But there you have it. Ross Johnson, Semyon Varlamov. We are eight minutes from puck drop. So let's just uh, start closing this thing out. And I guess I'll swing this to you, too, like I swung to Arthur. Sure. The line combinations were getting messed around a bit uh, with a little bit by Barry Trotz during practice and whatnot. You saw Josh Bailey getting some time in the first line. Um, do you like the changes, or do you like kind of going back to where they were? Paul Mary up there, Walsh from the third line, whatnot. I mean, it, it, at this point, you ride the changes while they're working, right? Like, if it's working, why mess with, with the rhythm? Why mess with what's, what's going good for the Islanders? So the first couple games when they had those lines, and, and granted, they were, you know, playing with... with a group that wasn't necessarily 100% whole at those at that point through the first two games, even 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 that third game where they beat Chicago, they weren't playing 100%. Um, you know, with players getting sick and, and all that. But you know, I, I think you kind of ride it as long as it works. I think that's kind of the strategy right now. The Islanders are a team, while their their lines do have certain uh, certain lines have certain success, you're not going to mess too much with the fourth line, but. Um, there is a sense in, in why when the Islanders look at their players and who they re-sign and the players that they bring in, there is always that sense of versatility that they like in, in their guys. And um, you know, always know you're going to have bars all on the top line. You always gonna, you know, you're going to have Lee on that top line. But you want kind of someone there that's a little bit versatile that you can ro- rotate around a little bit and can move into a new spot and pick it up right away and you don't see too much of a, a drop-off. Um, and that's kind of why you have a player like Kyle Palmieri still here. Right. Um, you know, Wallstrom is a good player in, the, in those respects too. Um, Josh Bailey is able to do that, uh, play in that role as well. Um, so you have a lot of guys that can do that and you can kind of move them around and rotate them around a little bit. And, and you know, because the core has basically been there for so long and knows each other so well, um, you know, they are a group that knows each other so well enough that you can kind of just move them around and they already kind of know the tendencies of the guys that are next to them even if they haven't been playing with them for a little bit of time. Yeah, and that's something we talked about too that this is the sort of lineup where they have guys that if they're not going the way you want them to not putting up points maybe just slacking a little bit you can mix and match you can move these guys around they're capable of going up and down the lineup so it's there's a lot of versatility there so that's all good stuff for the Islanders and did you happen to... uh See a question, too, from the audience? No, I didn't see a question, but there is a bit of news, it appears. A paper out of 
um, Finland is reporting that Atu Rati is actually moving to another club. Really? Uh, obviously, the playing time he's been getting, and there was a story in, in, a, in a Finnish paper last week or the week before that, um, kind of him talking about his his sort of his sort of struggle with the amount of playing time he's been getting um, for for the current club he was playing at, and now it seems that's kind of come to a head, and, and there's there's a bit of a change coming, and he's moving to another another club, um, which may work out for the Islanders. He, he obviously expects Rad, Raddy expects to be headed to, to New York at some point after the the Liga season ends. Okay. Um, Anyway, and, and this could give him an opportunity to play more and, and get more ice time and be continue his development. The Islanders have, you know, the development staff is watching the situation play out, but I remember I'd asked Barry Trotz a couple of weeks ago before the start of the season about the lack of playing time he had been getting. Um, and there didn't seem to be too much concern, but it still had still been early on and it still had just kind of recently gotten back to, to Finland at that point. But now it seems that things have started to come to a head a bit and he's trying to find a better spot for himself. Yeah, I've been following that on Twitter. I've been seeing some updates here and there and it looks like either he's uh, out of the lineup or he's not getting a lot of minutes. Right. So hopefully this is a positive Well, that was the problem that him. happened last year too, how he ended up dropping so far back in the draft. Yeah, well, I feel like there was still some more talk about his actual play, though, and that was why he dropped. Well, because he wasn't, he just play, wasn't, he wasn't playing a ton, a ton last year. Maybe a little bit of both. Um, well, <laughs> it was probably it was probably sort of a you know one is connected to the other. Sure, but um, but yeah, no. So certainly a little bit of breaking news there. It seems to be developing across the ocean uh, with some one of the Islanders' top prospects. Indeed, indeed, Cotton. Well, we are less than five minutes to go to puck drop, so we got to wrap things up here. So. What do you, you, you okay, man? Yeah, you okay, Cotton? Thumbs up. Yeah? yeah? All right. Cotton McKnight, everyone. All right, folks, we're going to wrap this up. We want to thank everybody here at RJ Daniels for hanging out with us. Big yes, yes, thank let's you. go. Can we get a let's go Islanders, huh? Let's go Islanders. I can't There we go. All right, all right. There we go. Excellent, excellent. Big thanks to RJ Daniels for hosting us here. Yep. Great time, as always. Remember, we got the 50-50 raffles going around. Get involved, buy some tickets, some great prizes here. We'll be announcing throughout the day. A huge thanks to our sponsors, such as our presenting sponsor, RJ Daniels Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the aisles when you can't make it to the game. And don't just go for the aisles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late night bar scene. They have it all. Big thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for the great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And, of course, a big thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at thaitechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. So, for Cotton McKnight, I have been Pepper Brooks. This has been ESPN The Ocho. We're going to take it to the Islander game. Have a great rest of your night. And, of course, a huge thanks to Arthur Stapley Athletic before I forget. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>